0: Ocean Views, small circle, it's the chosen fuel. I wrote it down and I followed through. I bought a pound and we rode the fuel. I talk shit, but she know it's true. Ocean Views, small circle, it's the chosen fuel. I wrote it down and I followed through. I bought a pound and we rode the fuel. I talk shit, but she know it's true. Blessings, bitches in my section. Yeah, with all this money, I'm obsessive.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It would definitely mean a lot to me. Uh, comment, share, uh, like. Let's get them algorithms moving in my favor. It would definitely mean a lot. But this is where we'll start. So, April 1st, we all know is April Fool's Day, and... Uh, I don't know why, but people take this this uh, day hella seriously. Um, as far as like they really want to get someone with a prank and stuff like that. So on April first, I got a notification saying that Roy William retired, and I'm like, yeah, man, it's April first. This is not true. Hell, I also got also got a uh, alert saying Yeezy. I mean what's his name Kanye is gonna re-release the Nike Yeezys even though he's in Adidas but that's neither here nor there but I I got Roy Williams uh retired I'm like it can't be it's April 1st it's not true boy was I wrong (laughs) you know it all of a sudden you know you see ESPN talking about it Fox Sports talking about it uh people saying thank yous and this that and yeah, man, it, that's 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 when I knew it was real, man. That's when I knew it was real. You know, I'm a big North Carolina fan. If you don't know, North Carolina, you know how you know you have a favorite football team, favorite basketball team. You know, uh, I North Carolina is probably my favorite team. As far as I like them more than more than my NBA team, I like them more than my NFL team. I am a diehard North Carolina fan, and I've liked North Carolina since my birth, pretty much. Most of my dad's side, of f- actually, all of my dad's side of the family is from North Carolina, so it definitely is etched into my core beliefs, you know what I mean? So, with with Roy Williams uh, retiring, it means a lot, man. It, 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 it hits home. You know, Roy Williams is, I've, you see... Roy Williams is one of the greatest coaches to ever coach, and that's that's in every sport. That's He's one of the greatest coaches. He's been coaching for 33 years, and he was coaching 18 years with UNC. He has three national championships, uh, all three with North Carolina. He has won 903 games, which is third most all-time in D1 sports. He was inducted to the Hall of Fame in 2007 and the National Basketball Hall of Fame. And he's the only coach with 400 wins in two schools, which is North Carolina and Kansas. And, of course, you know, now with him, t- I, you know, you never you never think you're going to see this day. Like, I never thought I would see the day uh, when, I don't know, rest, rest in peace, of course. But I never thought I'd see the day when Kobe retired. I never thought I'd see the day when Allen Iverson retired. I never thought I'd see the day when, I don't know. Phil Jackson retired, but you know it, it definitely hits home that that Roy Williams is retiring. And of course, thinking of Roy Williams retiring, it, it's 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 easy for me to go back and think about some of the greatest moments or memories that I have watching North Carolina. I remember the the Ty Lawson uh, 2009 team with you know we beat Michigan State in the national championship. Tyler Hansbrough was on that team. Uh, I remember watching Danny Green go crazy in the national championship one year. I, you know, it, 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 Harrison Barnes going crazy in the national championship. You know, it's, it's, it's like this. You can tell how good a coach is, or how important a coach is when you look at the players that he coached. Move on. Or you see the culture that is that has been cultivated by him. Yes, North Carolina, I mean, we know who Dean Smith is, Smith is and North Carolina has a rich history, but it's very easy for a, a program to have a rich history, and then all of a sudden, don't. Look at Indiana. We all know Indiana's had a rich history, and now, I don't remember last time they won anything. You see, Roy Williams... Even, and, and he's had a lot of health problems. I think he had vertigo. I think that's what it's called. He's had he's had multiple health problems. So I, I'm not upset. You know, it, it sucks, but I'm not upset because I understand, you know, COVID and, and this year and the last few years, you know, he said it's taken a lot out of him, and it, it's, it's been tough. But North, Roy Williams has brought a level of professionalism, a level of fun, a level of uh, – Cachet to the North Carolina position, and don't get me—I understand North Carolina's a blue blood. I understand anybody and a mama want to go to North Carolina, but Roy Williams was a big reason why a lot of players went, and a lot of players to this day still, you know, consider him like a father figure. The second, third—I've never met him, of course. I'm just speaking from a fan's perspective. Roy Williams is one of the greatest coaches ever, and it definitely. It definitely sucks to see him go, but I like that he was able to go on his own terms as far as he was able to retire, Um, and his legacy is still one of, is still that of one of the greatest coaches to ever coach basketball. You know, he's, a lot of people, when when they talk about greatest coaches, you always hear Coach K, you might hear Phil Jackson, you're gonna hear Greg Popovich, uh, John Wooden, but no Roy Williams is up there. Roy Williams is up there and uh congratulations to Roy Williams. And, and you know a lot of people's asking who's next. Um to me it has to be three people. It has to be three people in consideration. It has to be uh Herbert Davis uh Jerry Stackhouse because Jerry Stackhouse right now is coaching over at Vanderbilt, I believe. Um, Herbert Davis he left a really promising. Uh, he's I think he's been no, I think it's Steve Steve Robinson. I think it's I think his name is Steve Robinson. I'm, I apologize if I mess up his name, but Herbert Davis left a really promising TV career to come coach with uh, Roy Williams, and he's he has been Roy, with Roy Williams the second longest to Steve. And I think I, I'm hoping it's one of those three. I'm hearing other names, but to me, you want somebody to. Rep- when you're leaving, a, when you're coming after a legend, you want somebody that either knows the system really well, knows the program really well, or is a staple of the program. A lot of people were saying bring Rasheed Wallace back, which I can understand. A lot of people are saying call Michael Jordan to you know get his input. Again, it has to be three people in my opinion. Uh, Steve. Herbert Davis or Jerry Stackhouse and I it, it would just suck if it's somebody else because those those three names are really embedded in North Carolina at this point but with that being said congratulations Roy Roy Williams retiring after 33 years of coaching I haven't even been alive for 33 years and the fact that he was able to he was able to go to a a, a a school in North Carolina that's already rich in history with Michael Jordan, with um, Vince Carter, and them, and with uh, Dean Smith, and he was able to make it his own. And now there's a lot of people that are North Carolina fans that know absolutely nothing about Dean Smith, but they do know everything about Roy Williams, and that to me is a successful tenure. You, how many? I mean, hell, you won three national championships. That's more than a lot of schools have ever won. So, again, man, I'm ha- I'm happy f- I'm happy that he was able to walk off in the sunset how he wanted to. Uh, of course, I wish it would have went a little differently, especially this year in the um in the tournament. But congratulations to Roy Williams, and I hope you have a very successful retirement. Moving forward, so a a, a conversation was sparked the other day that I wanted to to uh, shine some light on. And that is the WNBA rules when it comes to players leaving college. Now, for the longest, I never understood why freshmen, even if they're good enough to make it in the WNBA, like in, in women's college basketball, I never understood why they never went until I realized, wait, there's a rule. The rule is to enter the WNBA draft, you have to be 22 years old or four years to move from high school you know we talk about we talk about the difference between men's basketball and women's basketball and honestly to me this is a rule that makes here's a, here's the thing we always talk about um equality and, and, and viewing the WNBA in the same light that we view the NBA. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of women's basketball can be just as, is just as, um, entertaining, is just as serious, is just as, uh, intellectual as the men's game. And it's 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 of course, the pay gap is unfair. There's a lot of things unfair about the WNBA compared to, or let me say women's sports compared to men's sports. But here's something that I don't understand. I don't know if the WNBA is able to change this, but why is it if you want the WNBA to grow, wouldn't you want the best players at the best time to go? Think about it like this. Paige Buckner, Caitlin Clark. Zia Cook, Haley Jones, Ashley awuzu All of those players are good enough at this very moment to play for a WNBA team. Yet and still, none of those players can get drafted because they don't fit the WNBA draft criteria. Hell, Paige Buckner just won the AP Player of the Year for the women's, and she's a freshman. And she will not be able to play for at least two to three years. I understand that you wanna, you want more players to stay uh, in college basketball. I understand that you want the best of the best to come into uh, WNBA, but you can't look at a Caitlin Clark who leads the league, or leads in NCAA women's basketball in scoring. I think she's top five. In both men's and women's, in scoring, you can't tell me she's not good enough to be on a WNBA team. You can't tell me Zia Cook is who is who is killing people right now over in South Carolina. You can't tell me that she's not good enough to to play in college, to play in the WNBA. You can't tell me a a a player like Ashley Awuzu who their team averaged damn near a hundred points this year is not good enough or has to wait to play in the WNBA. You see we talk about the W now I, again if I'm if I'm completely off let me know in the comments I apologize. But you the WNBA wants to grow. The WNBA has a problem. The problem is the pay gap and the problem is a lot of these players a lot of these women make more money and have more opportunity going overseas, which is why you see majority of the players, especially star players go overseas in the off season. The fact of the matter is you want, if you want the WNBA to grow, in my opinion, get the players in the WNBA that can play. You don't have them, like, why do they have to wait? As we've seen, whether they stay one year or four years, college basketball is going to stay the same college College basketball is going to continue to grow. Look at the men's side. I don't know how. I mean, you got one and dones all the time. Yet and still, we're still watching March Madness. We talk about we want we want equalize we want equalization in both sports. Yet and still, you have something like that. As far as the women can't go in as freshmen because they're what, not mature enough. Like I don't. And the thing is, again, you uh, I heard, you know, they want their games to develop. Paige Buckner just won AP Player of the Year. You think she needs to develop any more right now? You think that Paige Buckner isn't better than a lot of the WNBA players? You think Caitlin Clark is not better than a lot of WNBA players? You think Haley Jones and Stanford is not better than a lot of WNBA players? See, the thing about it is, We talk again, we talk about and I'm not putting this all on WNBA. But we talk about we want the WNBA wants the same amount of respect as the NBA gets. Yet and still the NBA has players. Help, players now they don't even have to go to college. There's gonna be a couple players drafted this draft that did not touch a, a college basketball floor. Look at James Wiseman. James Wiseman played three games in college, and he was the third overall pick, second overall pick. It's – I I don't know what needs to change. I don't know if it can change. But to me, the WNBA wants people to respect and wants people to uh, – Put more, I guess, respect on the WNBA brand, the WNBA name. I think you need to start making it. I think it needs to be more fair. There should be no reason why a player as good as Paige Buckner has to wait to go to the WNBA, especially if that's her lifelong dream or. Or Haley Jones has to wait, or Zia Cook has to wait, or Caitlin Clark has to wait, or Ashley Awuzu has to wait, or any of the sophomores and or freshmen that are good enough this year. There should be no reason why Aaron McDonald, who's a soft I mean who's a senior now, she was good enough to be in the WNBA when she was a sophomore. She's killing people at Arizona right now because she had to wait until a senior year. She was good enough to be in the WNBA when she was a sophomore. Yet and still she had to wait. I don't think it's fair, man. I don't think it's fair at all, but what do I know? I'm not I'm not the one that could bring change or something cuz I mean I'm just I'm just me. <laughs> but I just I just think that that rule needs to definitely be 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 cuz again, there there should be no reason why I can watch Cade Cunningham uh kill like destroy over at Oklahoma State and he can he can he only has to stay in college for one year. Yet and still Paige Buckner, who just won the AP Player of the Year and freshman of the year, and she has to wait. That that, that doesn't make any sense to me, man. That that doesn't make any sense at all. But let's move forward. So you know there... We talk about, we talk a lot. Let's move over to basketball a little bit. We talk a lot about, uh, you know, MVPs, and this season we've seen a lot of great players and a lot of players that, in my opinion, you know how the Kia, Kia MVP has like 10 people, and usually you look at the list, and after three or four, you know there's no chance, in heaven to hell, they can win an uh, MVP. This year's a lot different. This year, when you look at the MVP rankings, there's a lot of people that can win. And I wouldn't be mad if, uh, if eight or nine of those people won because they have cases to, to make to that. You know, they have cases that they've built to be MVP. But what I wanted to do today is I wanted to give my top five. Now, of course, this can all change. I could be completely wrong. I could be completely right. It is what it is. But I wanted to give my top five on who is like I said, is top five in the MVP race. Uh, Again, this is my opinion. If you don't agree, or there's somebody that I leave off, leave in the comments. We can definitely talk about it. I, I don't mind talking about it. But let's start with number five. And number five, I kind of cheated. I think it's a tie between LeBron and Joel Embiid. I think they've both of them at certain points of the season have had wide margins when it comes to being number one. And due to injury. Like I said, LeBron James just fell out. He he'll be out for a minute. Joel Embiid will be out for a minute. I think he's supposed to be coming back uh, today or sometime next week. But they, you know, they I, I don't think they've fallen out, but they're definitely not number one due to injury. And we haven't, you know, I I think it, it sucks for Joel Embiid. Uh, I don't think it sucks as much for LeBron because he has four of these things. And I think you get to a certain point where you might not be playing for an MVP anymore, which a lot of people have, we've seen have, but I think, you know, it definitely was solidified ju- this season for Joel Embiid. And even if he comes back today or comes back next week, I think that it, it, the level is just the, the margin that's kind of been, kind of been had for them or the, the margin that they're kind of being left behind is a little too big to, to catch up, especially with this point of the season. But I have number five, LeBron is tied with Joel Embiid, in my opinion, because both of them were number one as far as an MVP sometime this year. And due to injury, they're kind of fell out. So, number four, I have Giannis. Now, Giannis is averaging 20, pretty much 28 points a game, 11 assists, or 11 rebounds, and six assists. And his team is 30 and 17. The reason why I have him fourth because if you look at the numbers and you look at the production, he is he can clearly be he could be MVP, but I just don't think people are gonna vote for him three years in a row. I mean, if you look at there's a lot of players. Hell, LeBron James could have won three years in a row and didn't. Steph Curry could have won three years in a row and didn't. Uh, James Harden he's been in top five at least five to six years. Uh, the the only person the last person to win three years in a row was Larry Bird. I think. Voters these days, like, we know that the MVP is more of a a narrative-based thing, and I don't think they want the narrative as, you know, Giannis winning a third MVP in a row, especially seeing how how he failed in the playoffs the last two years. Now, I understand that the playoffs should have nothing to do with the MVP since it's a regular season award, but I think that people remember that, especially voters, as in, you voted him twice in a row MVP which which they were well deserved but he didn't show up I'm not going to say he didn't show up but you know the team didn't make as didn't make it as far as they should have in the playoffs and of course you're going to look a lot at Giannis for that so but if you look at the stats i mean he's averaging like i said 28 11 and 6 like that those are MVP type numbers, and he is the driving force for the Milwaukee Bucks. If he wasn't, I, I know you have Drew Holiday. I know you have, uh, they just got Jeff Teague. I know you have uh, Lopez, but the Bucks are going absolutely nowhere without Giannis. And Giannis is one of those cornerstone players where if he goes anywhere in the league, they will build around him, except maybe a couple. Like, I don't think if he goes to Golden State, they'll build around him because you still have Steph. Uh, The Lakers still have uh, LeBron and AD. But Giannis is, to me, fourth in MVP, seeing as though he's putting up MVP numbers. I just don't think he'll get many votes, seeing as he's won this two years in a row. So Giannis is fourth. Number three, I have Dame. He's averaging 29.8. So he's pretty much averaging 30 points a game, four uh, rebounds, and eight assists. And his team is 29 and 18. Uh, here's the thing. A lot of people could have Dame number one, a lot of uh, number one through three, in my opinion, kind of can, can go well one and two to, in my opinion, can kind of go, uh, vice versa. But Dame Lillard, a lot of people, when you look, when we talk about point guards in the league, of course, to me, the best one is Steph Curry, but, after that, you know, a lot of people throws a lot, throw a lot of names around. You know, you'll, you'll hear Kyrie. You might hear Russell Westbrook. You might hear Chris Paul. To me, Damian Lillard has been very consistent his entire career. Let me say this. he, When I say consistent, he's improved year after year. And I think it's t- people are really starting to see now Damian Lillard is one of, if not the best players in the league with how clutch he is to um, – the 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 fact that he's able to lead a Portland team to the playoffs year after year after year, especially a Portland team that has dealt with injury almost every year. I mean, hell, CJ McCollum missed most of the season this year due to injury. So to me, I mean, when you're averaging thirty four and eight like that is that is crazy, especially with his stature. The fact that teams um. You go into playing Portland thinking we have to stop Dame. Everyone's game plan is stopping Dame, and he still averages 30 points a game. So I, it's hard for me not to put him third. The only reason why I put him third is because the people, one and two, their record, their team records are better, and I just think they kind of mean more to them. We'll talk about it, but I have Dame at three. Number two, I have James Harden. He's averaging 26 points a game, 8 rebounds, and 11 assists. And he is, the team is 34 and 15. Here's the reason why I have James Harden over Damian Lloyd. Now, a lot of people want to talk about how he ended in, um, how his tenure in Houston ended, which I understand, you know, that was that was a really messy situation. But let's just look at the production on the floor. This entire year. KD has pretty much been in and out. In fact, if you really look, he's missed a lot of games. A lot more games than we we expected. KD's been out. Kyrie's been out. Even though they just acquired him, Blake Griffin's been out. And the one person now, he's out now with thigh tightness or whatever like that. Or hamstring tightness. But James Harden has been the most consistent player on the Brooklyn Nets. And... There he's got them to second in the West, even with their best player, which is KD being out, and one of their mainstays one of their best players and Kyrie being in and out, whether it's due to injury or personal reasons or whatever. And James Harden has been consistent. And James Harden, while he's not averaging more more as many points as uh what as as Dame, wow, he's averaging while he's not averaging a triple double, but he is he is the he has been the the calm water that is Brooklyn the crazy ship that's Brooklyn so I again i understand that a lot of people don't like how he exited the Houston Rockets even though he asked for a trade a minute ago they just didn't trade him but i understand a lot of people don't like that i understand a lot of people don't like how Brooklyn has like i said all the you know James Harden KD Kyrie LaMarcus Aldridge now um, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. I understand that, but when we look when we look through all that, one thing has been consistent for the the Brooklyn Nets this entire year, and that has been James Harden. And because of that, I have to put him at number two. Uh, I, you can make a case for Dame being you know a little more important in the MVP race than James Harden, but I'm just looking at the fact that James Harden has there's been so much. Term, inconsistency as far as players and injuries and stuff on Brooklyn. The only thing that's really been consistent is James Harden, and he's brought them to second in the East. And it, it, more than likely, depending on the next few days, they could be first. So I, I got James Harden number two, and for number one, I got Nicole Jokic. Uh, Nicole Jokic was top three when J- when LeBron James and uh and B were playing regularly and when you look at when you look at the nuggets the nuggets you have solid pieces you have Jamal Murray now you have Aaron Gordon you have um Michael Porter Jr but they're the it's kind of like Giannis even though those are good players the Denver Nuggets would be god awful if it wasn't for Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic averages twenty-seven points a game, eleven rebounds, and eight assists. Think about it. That's from a big man. That's from a big, and the fact that he has the ball majority of the time, um, he's able to start the offense at the top of the key, or top of the, you know at three-point line. He's able to bring the ball up. His he has incredible handles. He has incredible feet work, footwork. And they're thirty and eighteen. Nikola Jokic, the 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 reason why I have Nikola Jokic number one and above James Harden and Dame and above players like Giannis and and maybe Steph you can throw in there, is because he has been the most consistent this entire year. When we talk about LeBron and Embiid, of course they were jousting number one and number two, but number three usually number one, number one through three was the same people until they got hurt. It was either LeBron, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic. And of course, number 1, you the, those three were usually in the top 3. And the fact due to injury, of course, LeBron kind of fell down, uh, uh Joel Embiid kind of fell down, but Nikola Jokic has remained consistent. And people look at how the Denver Nuggets started, how they didn't start well at all. But they had injuries. They had, you know, they were one of the teams that were one of the last ones standing in the bubble. And they had a, a tough seven game series in the bubble. So actually two seven game series, now that I think about it. It's Nikola Jokic has been consistent this entire year. And he is the driving force and the only reason why the Denver Nuggets has a chance to at least knock off a big name. Like they could, they're talented enough to knock off the Clippers. How they just beat the Clippers the other night and, and they continuously beat the Clippers. They have enough to knock off a Utah Jazz. They have enough to knock off a, a, a Lakers, a Portland. Like they, they, and and it all starts with Nicole Jokic. And like I said, for a big man to average 27, 11, and 8 and those aren't like like there's okay so Shaq's 27 and Nikola Jokic's 27 are completely different just like Nikola Jokic's 27 and Dame's 30 is completely different but Nikola Jokic can stretch the floor out and 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 makes it easy for a lot of players cuz he can go down low he can operate in the mid range with his back to the basket a face-up game and he can shoot a three so not to mention to be a, to, ha- to be a center and his, his he has his vision is is unlike we've seen i think he's one of the most skilled big men we've ever seen in the league and i've said that time and time again and i will stand on that nicole jokic is one of the best big men one of the most skilled big mans to ever play in the nba and this year, he's showing it more than any other year, and because of that, I have Nikola Jokic number one. So that's my MVP race. Uh, of course, you, you can you can throw in people like Steph Curry, you can throw in people like Luka Doncic. There's a lot of people that could that could throw their hand in the MVP hell. Jay, Jason Tatum can make a case, but these are uh, of course you can look at Chris Paul. But I, I these are my top five. Uh, if you don't agree, it's cool. Let me know. Let me know your top five. Let me know who you don't agree with. Um, but yeah, man. When we talk about MVP, th- these five slash six because we are LeBron and Embiid. But these five to me have been the most consistent. I would love to put Steph Curry up there, but like I said, he's he's dealt with some injury, and he's dealt with some injury. I I'm not one of those people that I I I I put a lot into. The I don't put a lot into the record as much because if you look, sometimes you can be a great player, but your team sucks around you, which is why I usually put someone like Bradley Bill in the MVP race because Bradley Bill year after year leads the league and scoring is just the Wizards aren't that good. Um, I, I look at it, but I don't I don't I don't put a lot of stock into, like I said, the, the team record because that's the team record. The MVP to me is an individual award, so. Like I said, Bradley Bill can be up there. Steph could be up there. Jason Tatum, Chris Paul, Luca. You know, there's a lot of people that can be up there, but those are my top five. So, again, let me know which, how you feel. Let me know who you think should be in my your top five and who you think is MVP. So, let's move forward. So, also this week, we saw a big, I'm not going to say big, but we saw the dust up. Between Russell Westbrook, his wife, I believe her name is Nina Westbrook, and Stephen A. Smith. Um, Stephen A. Smith said some things about, you know, Russell Westbrook had like a 35-20 and he, he had a triple-double with like 30 and 20. And that was the fir- 35 and 20. I think that was the first time we've ever seen that in the league. And, of course, Stephen A. Smith the next day comes on and says, you know, that doesn't matter. Um, he hasn't won a championship, this, and the third. Blah, blah, blah. Nina Westbrook came out and, and had some words to say to Stephen A., so did Russell Westbrook. Um, here's the thing, then. Let me first dissect what Stephen A. Smith pretty much said. Stephen A. Smith pretty much said, I mean, stats don't really mean anything. He's, he's one of the best statistical players we've ever seen. It's just – and he, he's never won. Not to mention he's played alongside people like KD, James Harden, Paul George, Pamelo Anthony, Victor Oladipo, James Harden again when he went to Houston, now Bradley Beal, and he hasn't been able to win. That is true. I do think that there are some people in the league and some people's games that just don't e- – they can be incredible. They just don't – they just don't – their game might not be as – uh Championship lending as, as another game. Like, we look at, to me, when you look at dominance, Steph Curry and Russell Westbrook dominate the same, like, they both dominate the game. But they dominate in two completely different ways. Steph Curry dominates from the three-point line. He's able to get his uh, teammates involved, assists, and he's able to dictate the dictate the 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 momentum the the speed of the game from his shot ability to and and the way that he's able to pretty much orchestrate his team of course you have dream on green but we're talking about Korea right now russell westbrook his he's his fire he he knows one thing and that is east and west east no north and east, north and south north and south and he is—he's gonna give you as—he's uh, gonna give you the energy. He's gonna give you the, the—he's um, gonna give you the passion, and he's gonna give you some some stats, game after game, whether you win or lose. Here's the thing, man. We look at players. Like I said, there's some players that game just don't translate into championships, but that doesn't mean they weren't good. Russell Westbrook falls under a category. Um, like a, like a Charles Barkley, like a Chris Webber, like a, um, like a, uh, like a, like a, uh, uh, what's the name? Derek Rose. It's like their games are so good. They just didn't translate into, into winning. Now, some were different than others. Like Charles Barkley most definitely could have won a championship. He just ran into Jordan, um, uh, Vince Carter could have won a, a championship. Tracy McGrady could have won a championship. They just ran into Kobe and Shaq. Uh, you know, of course, Derrick Rose was good enough to win a championship. He ran into injuries, and he also ran into LeBron James. It's just here's 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 what can be said. I agree with the fact that I believe with the you know, especially with the with the OKC russell westbrook kd and and james harden team i think that they were good enough to win a championship and it's very unfortunate that they didn't but i don't think that i think russell westbrook gets unfairly criticized more like more than anyone in the league i will say this it is true that i do think that russell westbrook has not adapted to the game well as far as he came into the league north and south, uh, going north and south. You know, energy, this that, and third, and he does that to this day. But the game has changed. There's no like the game isn't when Russell Westbrook came into the league, right? It was you know Dwight Howard was still dominant, um, Shaq still had his had his years, and and I don't remember where where he was at this point, but i don't think Shaq, but i know dwight howard was still dominant uh andrew bynum was still in here it's like you were winning if you had a dominant big man hell dwight got got the magic to the championship with hito turkalu mikhail petrus uh, jameer nelson like rashad lewis like dwight howard was a factor Hell, even if you look at the, the Bulls teams with Derrick Rose, JaKeem Noah was one of the best centers in the league in his tenure when he was with the Bulls. The game now has moved further and further away from the basket. When you look at some of the top players, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, uh, KD, um, hell, you look at LeBron, LeBron James has developed a better shot. If you don't, If you're not a good three-point shooter and you're a guard, to me that is that is that's a detriment to your game and Russell Westbrook statistically I think is the worst ever when it comes to that so I do agree with the fact that Russell Westbrook has not adapted to the game well but Russell Westbrook is still one of the best guards in the league he's still one of the most high energy players in the league if not the most high energy player and Russell Westbrook is still going to go down as one of the greatest, most athletic point guards we've ever seen. I'm not saying he is the greatest. I'm not saying that he's top 10. But what I'm saying is when we talk of Russell Westbrook, we will talk about how great he was. We'll talk about the triple doubles. We'll talk about the 20, 20, 20 games. We'll talk about uh, the fact that every game he was able to give a hundred percent and he gave a hundred percent. And. We'll also talk about even if he doesn't win a championship, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Now, I understand a lot of people don't really take the, the Hall of Fame seriously, whatever, whatever. I don't I don't really care. But not everyone's a Hall of Famer. So again, we look at Tracy McGrady's game. Crazy McGrady never won a never made it out the first round. But Tracy McGrady is still regarded as one of the best guards to ever play. Vince Carter has never played in a championship. And still considered one of the best guards ever. Hell, my favorite player of all time, Allen Iverson, has only played in one championship. And I think only won one game. Yeah, I think they were four and one. He still as one of the best. Uh, Chris Webber is one of the best. Never, never won a championship. Um, Charles Barkley. Hell, we know... We know how great Charles Barkley was, never won a championship. I think that, yeah, Russell, I think the difference between those players and Russ, of course, is who he's played with. But you look at, like, it, Russell Westbrook, now I do, I will say this. I will say this. To me, a lot of the times they did win was due to Westbrook's stubbornness to evolve his game. And I do think that is a detriment to Russell Westbrook, but I will never look at Russell Westbrook and think to, and think that dude's trash. Like <laughs> he he might have some questionable decisions, but Russell Westbrook is Russell Westbrook. That's he's he's an enigma. You know what I mean? He's something that you just can't explain, but you know it's good, or you you know what it is, you just can't explain it. An enigma. So again. I understand, you know, Stephen A. Smith, we know Stephen A. Smith always has these type of takes. I mean, his he's made millions off of going against the grain. He's made millions off of his voice, off of his opinion. So you're going to understand that. And I also understand Russell Westbrook and his his lovely wife coming back and saying stuff to, you know, pretty much. If you don't really got nothing nice to say about my husband or about me, just don't say nothing. I mean, hell! You look at this year. Russell Westbrook is averaging another triple double. He's averaging twenty-two, ten, and eleven. Now, of course, is the Wizards aren't winning, but he's still ha- again an enigma. He's still having one of the best statistical seasons ever, as far as you know points and stat, not like field goals or nothing. So, <laughs> be it, yeah, man. I, that's 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 something that happened this week. Um, and uh, and yeah. So, moving forward. So opening, opening MLB opening week happened on Thursday and or opening week, opening day happened on Thursday and you know, baseball's back. A lot of people love baseball and it, it's exciting. It's exciting. If you love baseball, Base, you know, this, this time is, is, is very important for baseball fans. I'll just say this, man. It's, it's kind of hard. It's, it's weird I think baseball and the MLB and these teams have to really consider how many people they're allowing in the stands. Because, hell, if you look at the, the Nats game, the Nats game got postponed due to COVID. They were supposed to play the Mets, and uh, I think one of the Nats players got COVID or tested positive. So they had to postpone the game. This was on the same day that the Chicago Cubs announces that they're going to have 100% hundred percent capacity, like, stand fans in the stands, and it's like I don't know if hell. You look at Doctor, listen to Doctor Fauci, and listen to all these medical professionals are saying we're not ready to, pretty much go full blown a hundred percent yet. And still, you still see some of the things that we see in Miami and in Spring Break and this that, and the third and and I'll just I'll just. I'll just say, you know, I, I'm excited for MLB being back. Of course, it's, it's more sports, but I will just say, be cautious about doing the whole how many fans you allow in the stands, especially. Hell, the, I know that if you talk to, if you look at the Knicks, you have to get like a COVID test or something like a day or two before the game. Yet, and still, there's people that are forging and and faking COVID tests just to see a game. I don't know if that's the same thing for these baseball teams, but I, I would just say be cautious about how many people you let in the stands. Um, I understand that you lost a lot of money last year with no fans, but again, the most important thing is the players and to have the game keep going. And like if you're the Nats or the you know, the 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 Mets and you gotta postpone your first game it's that's not a good look, especially when you have some some people. Like I said, the Cubs. I know uh, the 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 Dodgers are gonna have a lot of fans. I know um, the Padres are supposed to have a lot of fans. Just definitely be careful about the amount of fans that you have. Um, and another the the other biggest biggest news from the MLB is. Francisco Lind- Lindor signs a 10-year $341 million co- contract with the, with the Mets. I think this is the second time he's got a $300 or uh, $300 $300 million contract like Lindor is one of the best players in the uh NL. I don't know if he is the best. I mean, you still have players like Juan Soto, you still have players like uh, you know, Bryce Harper, but Francisco uh, Francisco Lindor is one of the best young players um, in 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 the MLB. He's 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 a, he's a power hitting shortstop. Like he's the his ability to hit hit home runs at a high clip is definitely uh, definitely one reason that warrants a three hundred and forty one million dollar contract. Now I've been one to be a little skeptical about ten years because it's like you. You have a 10-year contract. You never know what can happen in 10 years. Uh, hell, you never know what happened year to year. I'm not saying have a year-to-year contract, but 10 years is a long time. Hell, in 10 years, I'll be in my 30s. So I'll be in my late 30s. So it's just like, hey, man. I, and, but I, here, I will say this. I'm not counting nobody's money. Congratulations to uh, Francisco Lindor, $341 million you're only worth what you can negotiate and he was able to negotiate 341 million all i mean we all know baseball contracts are all guaranteed so shouts out to you man i'm not i'm not here counting your money i'm not here saying you didn't deserve it hey go get your money my guy i will just say ten ten 10 year contracts are different for different people <laughs> i'll just say that like we look at the 10 year contract that uh you know, you don't see big, bigger teams do 10-year contracts. Like, you don't see the Yankees do 10-year contracts like that. I know they did. I think they had something close to 10 years with Aaron uh, A-Rod, and you see how that kind of uh, backfired for them. Um, I know a homie from the Padres, uh, I forgot his name, but he just signed a 10-year. So, hey, man, go get, get your money. Go do your thing. 10 contracts are different for different markets. Like you, Especially if you're the Mets, you're, you want a, a star player like Lindor. You want him to stay as long as possible. Uh, so I understand that. Uh, if it's someone like the Yankees or, or the Nats or something, it's a little easier to attract stars because you're in a bigger market, except for the Mets that have to share a market with the, the Yankees, and they're always going to lose. It's kind of like the Clippers and Lakers. But – Shouts out to you, man. Shouts out to you. And shouts out to baseball. Started started April 1st. I'm excited to see uh, how this season turn, turns out, man, especially with the fans. Um, there's a lot of big teams, big names that are, were on the move. And there's a lot of, I mean, of course, except for like the Dodgers, because the Dodgers, they're just stacked. Um, I'm excited to see who's the last one standing. So that's that. Moving forward. Uh just a couple quick things. Um the Clippers plan on signing Demarcus Cousins. I was hearing a ten day contract. I think that's crazy. But and and hey man, Demarcus Cousins, of course we saw how it how it ended in, in Houston and Golden State and stuff like that. But hey and the Lakers, I think about it. <laughs> I, I hey, I don't know. I think that the Clippers the Clippers just need uh, I mean, we saw they lost the other night against Denver, and um, I think having a, a, a scoring big man would help. I think they're going to they're gonna hope he can play like a – if he doesn't start, I think they're going to hope he can play like a Montres Herald-type role, uh, high energy and points off the bench. I just don't know from what I've seen. I don't know if he's capable of doing that anymore, seeing as though what, what injuries have done to his body, especially lower leg injuries. Um, but hey man, if DeMarcus Cousins at his best, well, I don't think we're going to get him at his best anymore, but DeMarcus Cousins can still be a serviceable player. And, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what happens with that. I, I, this, I don't think that it, I think it could help as far as the biggest weakness that I see from the Clippers is outside of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, They don't have a consistent third score, and I think that they hope, if this deal goes through, I think that they hope DeMarcus Cousins can be that. They had Lou Williams, but they traded him for Ray Gironda, which was a much-needed help at the point guard position. I think that right now they're hoping for someone like uh, Reggie Jackson to be their third scorer, or Nicholas Batoon. Like, I don't think, nah. So I, I think that DeMarcus Cousins can definitely fill in for that. So we'll just see how it goes, but... Of course, the deal has to go through. And lastly, just something I wanted to end on: Chris Beard, uh, the head co- former head coach for Texas Tech, leaves for Texas. Um, I think this is I think this is the first time ever that Tex, uh, a coach from Texas Tech or Texas left to go to the other Texas school. Um, I understand brand, like I understand Texas is still one of the premier schools when we talk about branding. Uh, but I would also look at Texas as more of a premier school when we talk about football outside of basketball. Now, I understand, you know, Shaka Smart left to go to Marquette. But I don't know. I think when we talk about basketball and especially recent history, it would be hard for me to leave a Texas Tech to go to Texas, seeing as though I understand, you know, the cult, there's been great players. Like I said, KD has been went to Texas Uh who else went to Texas? Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge went to Texas. PJ Tucker, uh, Andrew Jones was was is still there. Was there last year? It's like I just I just don't. I look at the success, the recent success that Texas Tech had, and I look at the recent success or lack of success that Texas had, and it's kind of I don't know if I would have made that move. But hey, I'm not Chris Beard. You do what's best for you. Congratulations to you, my guy, and hopefully. You are able to be successful. I don't, I don't want anyone to fail. So shout out to you. And there you have it, man. That's been this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Uh, please subscribe. Please uh, share. Please, if you're not on the YouTube, come to the YouTube to subscribe. It would definitely mean a lot. I have Unpopular Podcast merch, um, hoodies, shirts, long sleeves, sweaters, whatever you want. I got the link is in the description below. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys, and until next time, much love.
0: Right. 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 Double up three or four times. I ain't telling no lies. I just run it up. Never let a hard time, I was Double up I ain't telling no lies, I just yeah. I ain't telling no lies, I just 5, 4, 3, 2, that's time I got to you that money My dreams come true My life in diamonds Who knew? Who knows, who knew, who know, who know, who know who knew, who knows, who knows, who knows, who knows, who who to knows, 14. 14 who knows, it's a cold game. Lord knows, on you cold man. Big knows, take both who Backseat blowing propane All black fire gold chains Young rich nigga bossed up on his own, man My new shit sound like a soul train Tookie Williams over Co-Train Eric B by the road chain. R.C. we for show Tiny Lokes and they go crazy What you know about the dope gang? Was you born in the 80s? Did your mama smoke cocaine? Have you ever seen the whole thing? But you drove to the streets cause you grew up on show change you Fucked up when the dope bags. It remind me when these rappers drop duds and they quotes change At the park with the low fade I was standing in front of Nick's with my sack for the whole day Drive-bys, I was road rage and we park and hop out, learn levels to this whole thing Old school play the OJs, tryna make a slow change Mama still slaving for a low wage Tryna double up yeah. Three or four times, I ain't telling no lies, I just run it up Never let a hard time humble us
1: Yeah, it's mine. The west side, too. Yeah, it's mine. What you know about? Your poster on the wall at the dealership. Leaving the bed, legs trembling. Getting banged on for your penalties. What you know about? Your response be the reason you exist. Lucky I ain't get caught up in the twist. Young nigga, blue pager on my hip. So, that's a champagne spill, and the car accelerate, and the feet gon' cry. I'll be going to the bank at least three, four times. Get handshakes from the branch managers. We keep doing fly shit when the cameras cut. Double up.
0: Yeah. Three or four times. I ain't telling no lies. I just run it up. Never let a hard time have a double, double, double up. I ain't telling no lies. I just. Yeah. 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 I ain't telling no lies. I just. Five. Four. That's time I got to you That money, my dreams come true My life in diamonds Who knew, who knew?